Warning, if anybody's going to bring out the profanity in us, it's these religious motherfuckers. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Honey, Allbirds, My Sheets Rock, and by the fact that Donald Trump couldn't figure out how to spell nuclear for his Craigslist ad. Trump's inability to spell, very possibly the only reason we're not radioactive right now. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hey girl, just sliding into your DMs to let you know about an exciting opportunity. The opportunity to learn more about how multi-level marketing is a scam that preys on vulnerable women by promising them unlimited earning potential at the expense of their relationships, when in reality less than 1% of people actually break even. Oh, and we can also chat about how we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. (laughs) Bye, hun. It's August 18th. And it's Serendipity Day. On August 18th again? No way! <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. So weird. I'm Heath Enright. And from Count Basie's New Jersey, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Waycross, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, the religion of peace stabs a guy during a book reading. Yep. We have some very good news about carpet shitting. And Anna will introduce us to the musical version of mansplaining. But first, the diatribe. So I took a long road trip last week up to the Midwest and back to the South which means I saw a metric fuck ton of Jesus billboards along the way. And right away, that's a bit of an admission of just what a shitty worldview Christianity really is. And then are you never driving down the road to see a billboard for liberalism or positivism or anything like that? They, they, they seem to perpetuate their way through the marketplace of ideas based solely on their merit. Weird. But Jesus needs a PR budget. And based on the ubiquity of the billboards, a pretty substantial one at that. Of course, I've seen all these billboards before plenty of times, so there's nothing new about the experience for me. But what really struck me this time around was what a low bar they always set for themselves. And I really appreciate this. Imagine what kind of billboards they'd be tossing up if, for example, prayer actually worked. You'd see signs like, amputated appendage? Try Jesus. Or inoperable tumor? Call us today. But instead, you see stuff like, Are you a depressed, broke, crack addict with no direction in life? Well, we might be able to help a little, at least. Like, for real, one of the ads that I saw just said, reject gluttony, except Jesus. We're better than gluttony was the best they could come up with. That'd be like McDonald's running a billboard that said, Big Macs are better than a kick in the nuts. And yet it's apparently the best that Christianity can do. I mean, we all know that Christianity tends to go after its victims when they're at their most vulnerable. Most of the time, that means kids too young to know how to question adult authority yet. But barring that, they go after people who are depressed, addicted, broke, forgotten, abused, or otherwise fucked by the vicissitudes of life. Now, mostly they do this for the same reason that lions target the injured gazelle, right? These people's defenses are down. They're far more willing to nod along with a bunch of bullshit in exchange for a dollop of false hope and community. And that's what we tend to focus on as atheists because, you know, it's unspeakably fucking cruel. 
conditional empathy as their stock and trade. And, and that's plenty to mark them out as the bad guys. But there's also an important tactical advantage that it gives them. Right. People who are at their lowest also only have one direction to go. And Christianity wants to hurry up and inject itself into that person's life quick before that inevitable upswing happens so that they can take credit for it. Things will get better because better is literally the only thing that things have left to get. And Christianity will say, see, God. Even if things don't get better right away, right? It could take forever. It doesn't matter. Scam still works. They, they could even get worse for a considerable time. That just means you're not Jesusing well enough yet. As long as at some point along the road, things get noticeably better for the person, Christianity will chalk that up as a win for God. Now, that's not to say that religion plays no part in the turnaround. It can. It doesn't have to, right? But it, but it can. It can give a person a new thing to focus on and help them reorganize their approach to life. But in those instances, it's the person doing the reorganization, not the religion, and certainly not the God. If they'd been taken in by an atheist group, a birding club, or a bowling team, it might have offered the same reversal of fortune, no divinity required. But imagine if bowling alleys put that shit in their advertisements, right? Uh, imagine a billboard for a bowling alley that just said, reject gluttony, try bowling. Bowling and religion are, after all, tied in terms of ability to help you turn your life around. So they've got every bit as much claim to the title as religion does, but they don't bother to make it because there are other reasons to go bowling. Like focusing in on being a good bowler, you know, that can help you learn to appreciate incremental improvements. It can help you budget your time. It can give you a feeling of accomplishment, but it's also just a fun thing to do. All that other shit is so mundane, it's not even worth mentioning on the ad, assuming that you have anything at all to mention, right? Religion doesn't. So they're left with nothing but a claim that could be made about any non-vice activity and some vices for that matter. Religion is as close to nothing as it's possible for a thing to be and still have to have its own word. It really hamstrings their ability to advertise. And to be honest, I'm kind of impressed that their PR team found shit to say on every one of those fucking billboards, regardless of how mundane that shit was. But if a hotel advertised itself as having rooms with ceilings, you'd take that as an admission that they don't have much else to offer. I, I don't see why that's not more obvious to people when it comes to religion. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the divergent and convergent to my transformed boundaries, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to shake things up? Oh, man. Remember when the West Coast was mostly just worried about earthquakes and wildfires? Yeah, now there's apparently a nuclear Poseidon tsunami bomb coming yep. up soon or something like that. An Arctic yeah. nuclear Poseidon tsunami bomb. <laughs> Heath, Noah, you guys are worrying over nothing. There's no way the Arctic nuclear Poseidon tsunami bomb can survive the heat. No, it's that's fair. Be fine. That's <laughs> fair. And there's no moisture there to feed it. So, all right. So quickly, it's before a dry our, tsunami bomb. Californian <laughs> listeners break away and slip into the sea. I suppose we're going to pause for a word from our first sponsor this week, Honey. Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey. Oh, man. What about uh, coupon one? Oh, hey, Eli. What, what's the matter? Yeah, you're, you're talking out loud to yourself about a problem, like, like the beginning of an ad or something. Sorry about that, guys. It's just I finished shopping online. I'm ready to check out. And now I'm just staring at this coupon code box, feeling like I'm missing out on savings. Well, why don't you try Honey? I mean, I could try. Anna? What's up? I thought I wasn't supposed to be here till the last third of the show. 
You're not, but Noah says you have coupon codes for this website. Noah, why would I have coupon codes for picksforfeet.com? No, 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 no. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it can find to your cart. It supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Wow, how does it work? Okay, so imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. That does sound easy. It is. I use Honey when I'm shopping for electronics or even when I just order Grubhub. I saved $15 just last week. That's why I, No Illusions, personally endorse it as a thing to, to use. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I would never recommend something I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash scathing. That's joinhoney.com slash scathing. All right. Well, sorry to bother you, Anna. I mean, don't you still have that coupon for Picks for Feet's Christmas sale last year? I do. You're the best. Thanks. Your husband is weird. I know, man. I know. What's the code? (laughs) And now back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, Islam is still all the way fucked up. Yep. Right? Like, like we don't talk about how shitty and violent that religion is as much as we used to, but that's because Christianity has gotten worse, not because Islam has gotten better. We tend to talk most about the shit that we feel most threatened by day to day, and that's Christian fundamentalism most of the time. But regardless of our focus, the entire Islamic religion remains irrevocably fucked up, as was evidenced yet again by the attack last Friday against author and living symbol of violent Muslim overreaction, Salman Rushdie. Yeah, he basically went on stage and said, extremist says what? And a guy side tackled him, screaming what? And stabbing. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Hot take. If your philosophy guides you to murder someone at a book reading, it's the religion of a lot of things, but peace ain't one of them. No, you can't use that term, guys. Not your word. Rushdie has, of course, been living under the threat of seven-figure bounties and religious fatwas for 33 years over his 1988 novel, The Satanic Verses. The book was condemned as blasphemous by many Islamic authorities because it pointed out how sometimes Muhammad would rescind Quranic prophecies by going, oh, no, that one was Satan pretending to be God telling me shit. That wasn't a real one. (laughs) And and many of those condemnations came with death threats, most notably from then Supreme Leader of Iran, Ayatollah Ruhollah Khomeini, whose threat came in the form of a fatwa with a million dollar bounty. Rushdie then spent a decade in hiding, followed by two decades of people saying, man, you should really be in hiding, followed by Friday's <laughs> attack. Yeah, just another terrible reminder that book plus X equals stabbing. Yep. And there shouldn't be an answer for that pretty much ever. But religion, great fit for X there. This also means that book plus religion all divided by stabbing equals one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that's helpful, but that's also what it means. No, that's true. Also, just, can we say a little sideline here? Following up on a fatwa from the 80s, fucking dated, dude. What did you watch too many seasons of Stranger Things and forget what decade it is? Yeah. Get with the times. <laughs> right. So again, Top Gun was in the theaters yeah. and he thought, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the attacker in question was a 24-year-old from New Jersey by the name of Hadi Matar who rushed the stage of the Chautauqua Institution in Western New York, where Rushdie was scheduled to give a talk about, of all fucking things, the U.S. is a safe haven for exiled writers. 
<laughs> and while nobody's officially offering up a motive, you did correctly guess his religion. And the DA brought up the bounty, which has since grown to $3.3 million in the intervening years hmm. during Matar's bail hearing. So it's it's not like they don't know. Well, yeah, the Fed raised the interest rate. So hopefully that bounty goes back down a little. With the inflation, <laughs> But still. Okay. But can we take a moment to acknowledge how incredibly insulting it is that major news outlets are standing around whistling, pretending not to know the motive? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe the guy with the fatwa stole his parking space. Like, literally only Islamic extremists want you to pretend not to know why this happened. That's the only people that this helps. Yeah, yeah. So the 75-year-old victim was stabbed multiple times in the neck and abdomen, but a group of audience members subdued the assailant before he could finish the job, apparently, because as of this recording, Rushdie is expected to recover from the attack. The degree of that recovery is still unknown, though. His agent says he's likely to lose one of his eyes. And this is, of course, hardly the first time that the Islamic uproar over the satanic verses has led to violence. At least 18 people were killed in riots after the fatwa was issued. The novel's Japanese translator was stabbed to death. Its Italian translator was badly wounded. And its Norwegian publisher was shot three times in front of his house. Honestly, he could have just walked on stage and stood behind a giant box held up with a stick and still made his point without saying a word. Yeah, right? Yeah. Now, for their part, by the way, the Iranian government has absolved itself of guilt altogether, even though the fatwa was never rescinded and has been confirmed as recently as 2019. In fact, in the nation's first official statement on the attack, spokesman for Iran's foreign ministry, Nasser Kanani, said, quote, we don't consider anyone deserving reproach, blame or even condemnation except for Rushdie himself and his supporters. Yeah, we were under the impression he'd been exploded by Korans based on the documentary <laughs> International <laughs> Gorillas. So we're just as shocked as you are. Yeah. Yeah. And in checked out news, there are very few places that are more obviously just a public good than a public library, as well as a book lending service. Libraries provide meeting space, homework help, computer and Internet access to those who can't afford it. Many even offer enrichment programs vital to everyone from new immigrants to the elderly. But, you know, fuck all that, because Christians across the nation are shutting them down because that's where the gay books are. Yeehaw! Yeah. No, right. Well, honestly, as soon as you pluralize book, you're they're reserving a spot on their shit list for you. <laughs> what are these people imagining is happening? Just like apparently lots of kids 2022. They're going to the library and saying one physical book about how to be gay, please. We right. gotta Stop this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. Everyone knows that book is Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. <laughs> First up. Voters in the Jamestown Township of Michigan chose to defund the library, depriving it of 84% of its 2023 budget, forcing it to shut down because, you guessed it, it had too many books about gay people. With one of the organizers behind the local movement saying, quote, they are trying to groom our children to believe that it's okay to have these sinful desires. It's not a political issue. It's a biblical issue, end quote. Yeah, what, what better excuse could you possibly want for political action? Yeah. <laughs> but that's not all. In South Carolina, the Greenville County Schools are forming committees to review any books or materials that are challenged by idiots at the elementary, middle, and high school levels. And that committee will be made up of, real quote, three parents with children enrolled in Greenville County High Schools, three district high school teachers from different subject areas, 
one high school media specialist, two non-employees of the school district, and one member of the clergy, oh, end quote. Jesus, the list was already bad enough before they got to their partridge in the pear tree. It's great when the people with relevant expertise are always outnumbered, right? <laughs> Jesus, they, they had to add and two randos to make sure of that, apparently. <laughs> Plus, Dave, who knows how to work that scale thing to see if the book weighs more than the duck. Yeah, <laughs> important. Right. Also him. So, yeah, the very bedrock of education and public service is under attack. But I want you to note that all of these things that I just mentioned, they all have one thing in common, podcast listener, and that is voting in local politics and elections. And look, I get it if you can't run for office. I looked into it in my own town in New Jersey, and I almost crawled out of my skeleton at the level of stupid I'd have to pretend to respect. But what you can do is vote. Right To defund these libraries and make these kangaroo courts and declare the Bible school lunch on Tuesdays, they need you not to vote in your local elections and not to be vocal at your city meetings. So please do those things. And if you, unlike me, can smile at a Republican without cracking your molars, you should also run for local office. Yeah. And also, like, donate to the local friends of the library if you can. And one way or the other, go to the library more. Right. Nothing secures their funding quicker than a full parking lot. Mm -hmm. Another one to keep in mind. And in Harmer's only news. Nice. <laughs> you're a conservative Christian white guy who likes to use slur words for all different groups when you're out at dinner. But without all the judgy scolding from your date and the staff at the restaurant and most of the people around you, there's finally a dating app for you. It'll just be the restaurant staff and the people around you calling you a Nazi from now on, but not <laughs> your date. The app is called... The right stuff. It's only for hetero conservatives and it's launching next month. Get excited. <laughs> so, so their business plan isn't exactly dating a site for incels, but it's not exactly not that either. Right? <laughs> it's that. Is it weird that no matter how bad the women are on that app, they still don't deserve right wing men? <laughs> so the new app was co-founded by conservative billionaire Peter Thiel who happens to be gay yep. and therefore would not be able to use the app he spent a bunch of money on, which does not have any functionality for same-sex dating. Keep it up, Petey. They're going to load you into the train car last, buddy. They promise. Yeah. The other two founders are Daniel Huff and John McEntee, both members of the Trump administration. So the whole point of the app is clearly that Huff and McEntee were living in D.C. for four years and couldn't get anyone from tinder touched their penis <laughs> every single time it was like yeah yeah so I, I actually work at the white house it's no big deal martini in the eye woman leaves weepy masturbation at home onto their copy of atlas shrug that's what happened every time <laughs> as it should be exactly yeah so that was a problem for them and they started a nap and their brand messaging is fucking terrifying uh beyond just the idea of republicans breeding it's also <laughs> terrifying for other reasons on the landing page for their site it says Quit swiping, scrolling, and trolling what? the wrong people. There are people out there just like you. Tro trolling? Who, so, who want to troll. Yeah, right. So I, either they're being way too honest about their order of operations on Tinder, or <laughs> their moms convinced them that it's not an insult. People are just accusing them of asking questions in threes. Either way, <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. Also worth noting, the spokesperson for The Right Stuff is Ryan McEnany. Ryan. Ryan with two N's. Yes, <laughs> McEnany. The sister of Trump's final press secretary, Kaylee McEnany. 
And Ryan Mack does a promo video for the app that is just shockingly bad. It's almost worth a God Awful Movies episode all to itself. It's only two minutes long. I still think it could carry a show. During those two minutes, she literally doesn't complete more than one sentence without a cut. She doesn't. Seriously, she doesn't. Here's the first 10 seconds, word for word and cut for cut. Quote, hey guys, I'm Ryan Cut. I've got to tell you about something I'm so excited to announce, Cut. A dating app for all of us conservatives, Cut. It's called Cut. What? The right stuff, <laughs> Cut. Oh, and for what it's worth, I'm the last woman that will be associated with it in any way ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had to cut around her projectile vomiting, and that's not no, easy. No, it's fair. You know. <laughs> and it gets worse from there. It's like someone got onto the teleprompter and put in random punctuation as a prank, and she still tried to read it. So we're watching Ryan McEnany getting baffled by random semicolons, but also explaining the bigot rules for the right stuff. That includes no pronouns. What? And of course, they only allow for two genders. We also learn that women can join for free, but men have to pay. And it's invite only. So here's the deal. I'm sure we have plenty of genuine conservative bigot ladies listening right now in our audience who would never lie about their political opinions and would never, ever run a series of pranks through this app. For those people, <laughs> check out joinrightstuff.com. But seriously, no pranks and definitely no reporting back to us with the results of those pranks that you would never do. That would be unethical. Right. Don't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't want to troll the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do, do not convince conservative assholes to drive an hour away to a TGI Friday's and then leave them there only for the waiter to walk over at the end of their meal with a wooden box containing a gun and a single bullet okay. at the end of the night. All right. Do not, so, uh, not do well, that. We're saying don't. Now I have to call Andrew again. So we're going to pause <laughs> for a word from this week's second sponsor, Allbirds. And so I said, we don't have to cosplay all three days. Why don't we just go the third day and check out the dealer room? Oh, and what did he say to that? Oh, he freaked out, Ugh. started throwing curses everywhere. Oh, what, Chum? No. I mean, I don't know why I expected anything better. See? See? Yeah. There. An this is Anna, what I'm talking about. Why did you bring the wool dasher mizzle into the house? He made what? me into my own grandpa. I don't even know what that means. First of all, I knew wool dasher mizzle from FlameCon way before he entered your dreams and made you live your eighth grade all over again. Second, he's the official mascot for Allbirds shoes, including their brand new Tree Breezer Flat. It is more of an unofficial partnership. So, so what's the Tree Breezer Flat? The Tree Breezer Flat from Allbirds is breathable, super supportive, and can keep you comfy from morning to night. Wait, Eli, you knew he was here too? Yeah, he's my wife's friend, dude. I'm sitting right here. I can hear you. This is crazy. Allbirds shoes sent us a pair to try, and they're breezy and comfortable, but so stylish I've gotten multiple compliments on them. That's why I, No Illusions, personally endorse them as a product. Plus, they're made from sustainable materials and machine washable. Lightweight, breathable, and cushy all day. The Tree Breezer is your secret to a comfy summer. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Now, if you'll excuse us, Woldasher is actually kind of going through some stuff right now. Thank you, yes. Oh, that sounds tough. Yeah. Yeah, you know what else is tough? Being abandoned in the ever-dreaming forest. You said my name. That's on you. He's got a point. You did say his name. I hate all of you. You guys want me to turn him into a mountain stream? No. Yeah. No, just let, let him cool down on his own, man. 
and in transubstantiation news, we've got an update on what may have been my favorite story we did on this show in the year 2020. As regular listeners to the show will remember, Travis Clark, the former pastor of St. Peter and Paul Catholic Church in Pearl River, Louisiana, was arrested when he and two dominatrixes were caught filming themselves having sex on the altar of his church, as well as shitting on the carpet. Mm. You might also remember that we were actually worried because all three of them had caught felony charges. Well... Podcast listener, good news. Our two dominatrixes pled down to misdemeanors and will serve no jail time, meaning this story is now 100% a good thing. Well, I mean, there was a baptismal font right fucking there. The carpet is still pretty good, I guess, but still. <laughs> well, there's already a bunch of fecal matter in the holy water. That's like, true. All of it. Like every single time we test it anywhere yep. ever in any church. A lot of poop. Whole bunch of poop, of poop in there. A yep. lot of poop. Mostly poop. <laughs> That was the original name for right stuff and it was taken. <laughs> so Melissa Chang, 25, professionally known as Mistress Ming, and Mindy Dixon, 43, a.k.a. Satanatrix, or Lady V, each entered a guilty plea to a misdemeanor charge of institutional vandalism. They also agreed to return to court next year as witnesses for the prosecution against Mr. Clark, who is charged with obscenity and institutional vandalism both at the felony level, and it's important to point out, looks as if Frankenstein's monster had been made entirely out of dead sex offenders. Right? His, his fucking Dolly prompt would be Barney Rubble pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow this guy has every recessive thing all at once. Like, all of them. It's like every single ancestor he had for two million years rolled a nat 20 on recessive. It's, just, <laughs> it's impressive in some way. Yeah, he's the bottom left corner bean going all the way back. <laughs> he has cleft red hair. I don't even know what he's, that means. <laughs> he, has, he has a cleft scalp. So both women received suspended sentences and two years of supervised probation. And the case against Clark, and I love this so much, is actually largely based on the fact that while their sex acts were private, Clark chose to shit on the carpet, which the court noted is a pretty public and vandalistic thing to do. Of the carpet, the church released a statement saying, quote, cleaning would be the minimal effort required to restore the carpet's function. Replacement would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it depends on where you genuflect, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. A happy ending for everyone who matters and important legal advice that you can take from a podcast. It is completely fine to sneak into a church and fuck on their altar as long as you don't shit on the carpet. Don't think that that's true. Well, that's what I learned. And in Miracle Whipia news tonight, you really have to see it spelled out. It looks like Trump isn't the only lie-driven, sexually abusive, dangerous, anti-democratic, conservative cult headquartered in the southeastern U.S. that the Department of Justice is investigating. We learned on Friday that the DOJ also has their sights set on America's largest Protestant denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention, amid rampant reports of sexual abuse and sex abuse cover-ups. According to a statement from 14 SBC leaders, they, quote, recently became aware that the Department of Justice has initiated an investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention and that the investigation will include multiple SBC entities, end quote. Apparently there's gambling in our establishment. We are shocked. Right? Love yeah. the SBC. <laughs> hey, you open mouth ghouls. It's us, your bosses. You're mad at the FBI right now. Well, it turns out that's handy as fuck because they're looking <laughs> into our thing right now as well. Right, yeah. 
everyone pay attention real quick and then please stop paying attention. Yeah. Now, of course, we've been talking about this for quite a while on the show. Back in 2019, a joint investigation by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News revealed rampant sex abuse within the SBC, especially in their international mission board, which is entirely funded by member church donations. After a huge public outcry, the SBC eventually reluctantly hired on an independent investigator to look into the allegations and their findings, which were released earlier this year, were far more damning than anything the newspapers found. The report detailed a pattern of cover-ups, downplaying, ignoring and demeaning victims and refusals to reform. Oh, and also a list of known abusers that were SBC affiliated that the organization chose to keep secret. Yikes. Wow. Okay, great work by the journalists who uncovered this, but Maybe we just make it easier from now on. Have them do a big expose if they find a church that doesn't abuse kids. Yeah, yeah. there you go. And yeah. that could be the story. Take the Republican approach. We, we ban all the churches for now and we can reopen them one by one when they're certain they're no kid fucking. There you go. There, right? Yeah. Sure. You can have churches back at the end of the semester. Yes. <laughs> but no, you can't. Still no. 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 So, yeah. So apparently all of this shit didn't escape the attention of the Department of Justice or or at least didn't continue to escape their attention after Trump was out of office. So they're looking into it. Of course, the DOJ hasn't confirmed this because that's not a thing that they generally do. But we did hear about it from the SBC leaders who also announced their intention to fully cooperate with the probe. And who the hell knows how long that'll last. But in the very same statement, they were super clear that this was all about somebody else's mistake back in the day, even though by their own admission, they haven't yet done anywhere near enough to prevent it in the future. The SBC is like, this is somebody else's fault if it happened, which it didn't. Yes. Uh, one of us only tells lies. The other. <laughs> I, oh, you guys are just going to go through the door anyway because you have a warrant. <laughs> ah, dressed up like this for nothing. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and finally tonight in Lobob's news, we have a story about Lauren Boebert. There's good news and there's bad news. The bad news She's a member of U.S. Congress yep. who's doing everything she can to... Yeah, okay, let me just start with the first thing. She's a member of U.S. Congress. And she's doing everything she can to further dissolve the separation of church and state, including a new proposal to have biblical citizenship training in public schools. The good news, though, Lobobs and her husband are a giant embarrassment. And we learned about their continued failure in that field last week including the subfield of not having embarrassing personal finances revealed and the subfield of not getting drunk and smashing into your neighbor's mailbox in a crazy rage. The Bobeses failed at both of those subfields. People, people, we made the couple that breaks up on Facebook every other week Congress people. <laughs> well, one, one we might as well watch them catch DV charges in front of their naked baby on the house floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll start with the evil theocracy part. Bobert appeared on the Christian news show Flashpoint last week. That airs on the Victory Channel, which is owned by millionaire hate pastor Kenneth Copeland. During the segment, she was talking about how Republicans need to galvanize voters before the midterms, and she said, quote, maybe we need to have some sort of legislation that requires biblical citizenship training in our schools, and that's how we get things turned around. Oh, well, I guess once you've taken all the education out, you got to fill it with something. So sure. Yeah, I can't do like second gym or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Lauren Bobert, I'll tell you what. We'll do a Bible quiz, you versus Noah. And if you lose, you have to shut the fuck up for There you go. How's that sound? That's fair. <laughs> and uh, just to be clear, 
Bobert wasn't just spitballing an idea there. She was definitely talking about an actual class that she knows about that already exists. It's called Biblical Citizenship in Modern America. And it's an eight-week online video course created by Rick Green, a former Texas state legislator, and the owner of something called Patriot Academy. What? And the videos in the course are full of advice from people like Matt Staver and David Barton about how the Constitution is really just an addendum to the Bible. And during the appearance on Flashpoint, Bobert proudly mentions how she took that exact course, which I'm certain includes tactical formations and dive rolls, you know, <laughs> as they apply to constitutional law somehow. Yeah, right. right. And okay, <laughs> kind of joking about that, but I actually checked the website for the Patriot Academy as I was reading the story. They literally have a constitutional defense class at the Patriot Academy that includes 28 hours of firearms training. What? And 12 hours of intellectual training in the classroom. <laughs> and their video for that class is almost entirely tactical gun pointing. Like, walk, 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 jump to the left and point. Like, it's so much of that. It also includes one moment with a guy kicking down a door, and then they cut right before he does what I'm certain was a very bad dive roll that they couldn't use in the shot. Right, or 100%. he jumped into the room sideways firing two guns, right? Yeah, <laughs> Guys, you know that they called it intellectual training because their target audience would be turned off by the concept of learning things if they didn't put an army word in it, right? <laughs> All right, fellas, there's also 12 hours of tactical sunglasses on the back of your head. No, let shit. We lost yeah, them. We lost not them. Not modifiers. <laughs> yeah. So I promised a bit of good news too. Here it is. I'll start with Bobert's financial disclosures, which are required if you're a member of Congress. Based on her disclosure from last year, she faced some heavy criticism when it was revealed that her husband Jason was paid almost with a Y a million dollars by Terra Energy, an oil and gas company with a very large presence in her district in Colorado. And then on this year's form. She listed Jason's income as N slash A. So here's the thing. According to the rule, you don't even have to list the exact income. You just have to list the source, which means A, she's fucking dumb and didn't need to mention the million dollars <laughs> right, last yeah. year. But also B, now we have to assume that this year it was something even worse than Jason getting paid a seven figure sum while his wife, just by coincidence, happens to continue supporting legislation that helps a very specific oil and gas company in her district. Also, we learned that Jason spent the last year trading thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency on Robinhood. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, okay, so I know this isn't the point, but how the fuck are they not required to disclose their spouse's exact income? Why Why yeah. not? Just make it, you have to say the number. That's crazy. That's what we call the McConnell special, yeah, right. Noah. Yeah. Because there's uh, only so much information you can give to the people before they start setting up guillotines, you know? <laughs> yeah, and we have one other piece of news from the Bob's file. I love this so much. <laughs> Police in Garfield County, Colorado, released 911 calls last week from the neighbors of the Bobeses. So you're probably imagining something with Drunk idiots and firearms. Well, you're exactly correct. Yep. It's exactly that. You have it just right in your head. And dune buggies. Uh, and yes, and dune. Literally, you were picturing dune buggies, weren't you? Yes, there are. There are going to be dune buggies. Apparently, one of the Bobes' kids was speeding around the residential neighborhood in a dune buggy, and the neighbors told the kid to slow down. And when Jason Bobert heard about that, he continued being abusively drunk, like he always is, no matter when he had heard that. He jumped in his truck 
and he went to confront one of the neighbors. And then he smashed into their mailbox with his truck. Okay, (laughs) just to be clear, he was driving from his house to his neighbor's house, like feet, not miles, and he crashed. Eli feels attacked. Thank you, (laughs) Noah, for your support. He crashed into the mailbox, and then someone from that house called 911 and explained how the whole family is fucking awful, and they're always carrying 19 guns at all times. And they specifically, during like an emergency 911 call, they stopped to be like, and Jason, this guy, he's dumb as a fucking post 911 operator. <laughs> All that being said, let's be fair. Jason was a big crypto trader over the last year. Maybe he crushed it. <laughs> Maybe he's the one that crushed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess what we're saying is that if someone sends this family a big thing of quick fuse fireworks, this problem might work itself out in payroll, people. We could just. All right. Well, I guess this marks the second time I've had a clear a joke with Andrew in a single segment. So it might be time to close the headlines off. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji. And when we come back, Anna will rock the fucking house. Yes. Hi, I'm Anna Bosnick. And I'm No Illusions. And we're blanket survivalists. Sharing a blanket with four cats and a blanket hog spouse can be hard work. Or a pug and a blanket hog spouse. Exactly. Luckily, in the rare moments that we do have full access to our bedding, we've got the best in the biz thanks to the regulator sheets from My Sheets Rock. Oh, what are the regulator sheets from My Sheets Rock? Heath, what are you doing here? You don't even have to share your sheets. Solo sleepers deserve comfort too, Anna. The regulator sheets are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft you'll sleep comfortably every night. That's because these sheets are made from the best in class bamboo rayon, the holy grail of sheeting. This miracle material transfers body heat two times more effectively than regular sheets and reduces humidity by 50% so you can experience your best night's sleep yet. It's true. My Sheets Rock sent us a set to try, and they ended up being our favorite sheets. We even bought an extra pair. I don't know, guys. What if I don't believe you, you know, based on your friendship with a certain unnamed mythical creature. How dare you? Don't believe me? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at MySheetsRock.com slash scathing and enter our code scathing for 10% off and free shipping. That's MySheetsRock.com slash scathing code scathing. My Sheets Rock, until they invent the blanket winch, this is as good as it's gonna get. Ooh, a blanket winch. That's genius. Right? Modern-day Christians have to make a lot of bullshit claims with a straight face. Might even be the hardest part of their job. They have to pretend to trust in the power of prayer. They have to pretend they hate porn. They believe in heaven. But of all the bullshit claims that they have to make without cracking a smile, perhaps the consistently least convincing is the part where they pretend to like Christian music, which we're going to examine in depth again tonight in another installment of God Awful Music. And to make this happen, of course, we need to welcome back our resident expert in all things musical, Anna Bosnick. Anna, so glad you could join us for non-ad purposes as well. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. All right. So, Anna, I have to ask, where did you find this miserable piece of shit? (laughs) Well, Noah, this one actually comes to us straight from TikTok. Oh, (laughs) it first came to my attention after being posted by the account at Kirby Max. 
with the caption, therapy isn't enough. I need Reliant K to apologize for this song. And then... And then sent to me by one Eli Bosnick with the caption, oh my God, Anna, oh my God, it's perfect. Anna, please do it. Anna, 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 oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So yeah, thanks Eli for this. It's everything you want in god-awful music. It's giving high school garage band. It's giving pubescent neck beard. It's giving early 2000s normalized misogyny. And it's giving Axe body spray and crispy socks. It's, it's absolutely it's the Axe body spray of songs. So this Reliant K, they are <laughs> very much a Christian band. I say that because the song isn't specific. Like they don't talk about Jesus in the song. It's Christian just in its level of misogyny, I think. But one way or the other, it certainly belongs on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. They are a Christian rock band. Yeah, so, absolutely. To be fair. Also, they spell Reliant wrong. Yep. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do it because they don't want to get sued because one guy named it after his brand of car. They thought Dodge was going to sue their Christian <laughs> band. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> they thought Dodge was going to sue. They really need themselves an Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No one cares that you guys are alive. I could yep. stab all of you to death right now here <laughs> in my office and uh, no one would miss you. Nope. I know you didn't ask if anyone would miss you. It was a yep. legal question. I just thought I would point that out. Legally, it's important to me. I just want you to know. <laughs> I have a few Christian, like ex-Christians in my like network of friends. And every once in a while, before I do one of these, I'm like, do you guys remember this band? And literally I got no and a no. And then I said, do you remember Reliant K? And someone was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I just had a, I just, I was triggered. Yes, that right. Message. No, that question should come with a trigger warning. <laughs> just, just dropped into the Reliant K hole. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the song Mood Rings. It starts with, we all know the girls that I am talking about. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yikes. Oh, yeah. We're starting mid-conversation. And media rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice when your music starts the same way as a homeless guy's pitch to the subway train. <laughs> he might as well start it with, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> he means women who told him that a wet vagina is a disease. Got it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, right? Because then it goes on to say... Well, these are the time bombs and they are ticking. And the only questions when they'll blow up. And I'm like, oh, he's talking about squirters. But you're saying the, <laughs> the opposite. I think it, it, it works either way. That yeah. He's not causing that. They have that capability. <laughs> and he goes on to say, and they'll blow up. We know that without a doubt. Yeah, you really couldn't fit that whole thought in one stanza, though, <laughs> could you? You ran out of bars in the song you wrote. Yes. The only question's <laughs> when they'll blow up and they'll blow up. <laughs> we know that without a doubt. Yeah. Wait, no, it, but he's still on the same stupid fucking thought in the next line because he goes, because there are those girls, you know, those girls that let their emotions get the best of them. Go. Yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, because you know who has complete control over their emotions and is totally like zen about it? Punk bands. Christian punk bands. Yeah. No less. Yes. I was going to say, it takes a special kind of misogyny to talk about how emotional less than 1% of mass shooters yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> the, the genre of band that literally sounds like this. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's talking about emotions. This is an emo punk band. Yeah. Literally in the... T whatever. <laughs> So, okay, 
and and he goes, and I contrived some sort of plan to help my fellow man. Rhymed. Is it therapy? I (laughs) sure hope it's therapy. (laughs) Yeah. I wrote, oh, are you going to stop writing songs that boil down to bitches? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Women. But don't worry. I've got a plan. What? Okay. What chord is good for finger steepling? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. You have a plan? The whole fucking thing is terrible. So he goes, let's get emotional girls to all wear mood rings. I mean, this came out in 2003. I think they already were. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) One mood ring to rule them all. That's That's my plan in a song I'm writing. Oh, and and then he gets real impressed with himself. The next line in the chorus is, so we'll be tipped off to when they're ticked off. The music Mm. stops for a beat here so we can appreciate that wordplay. Golf Oh, sorry. Give me a second. (laughs) Give me another second. (laughs) Tipped and ticked rhyme. It's very close to the same word, in fact. (laughs) Nope. And then he he wraps up by saying, because we'll know what they're thinking, just what they're thinking. Yeah, that sounds vastly more powerful than the ring mood rings of my youth. You're right. More like you'll know if she washed her hands after coming back from the bathroom or not. I mean, <laughs> darling, I hear that, but I'm pretty sure that this guy can assume that all the women in his life are mad at him all the oh, time. Right. Like, yes. problem solved. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Right. They're all thinking, okay, thanks for the ring. And uh, blue means I don't like your music. It's bad music. You're not talented. <laughs> Same with the other colors, just so you know. All right. Here's, here's a baffling fucking line. He goes on to say, she's so pretty, but she doesn't always act that way. Okay. This is the crux of this song. Yes. How does one <laughs> act pretty? How? Right? Uh, oh, don't mind me. I'll just be over here acting uh, asymmetrical. <laughs> and are you scaling right now? Are you acting scaling? <laughs> now, wait, there's there's even more clever wordplay to come. Her mood's out swinging on the swing set almost every day. Yeah, her moods are having a lovely time at the park and you're spoiling it. <laughs> Seems like so it, weird. yeah. <laughs> I feel like he lost track of the metaphor hard here. Right. He's like, her moods are on the seesaw, going, enjoying. <laughs> you go, periods. Periods? <laughs> I hate recess. Yes, I hate recess. I prefer the class. That's so terrible. Okay, yeah. And then he goes on to say, she said to me that she's so happy it's depressing. And all I said was someone get that girl a mood ring. Fuck mood rings. She needs Xanax. Right? <laughs> also, she just told you her fucking emotions, right? <laughs> She's so happy. It's depressing. Even if mood rings weren't bullshit, that's way more descriptive than she's feeling turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So then we get our next verse. If it's drama you want, then look no further. They're like the real world meets boy meets world meets days of our lives. Boy meets Fuck world you. is a comedy, sir. No, 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 darling. It yeah, has a dark side. Heath will oh. tell you. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a deconstructionist commentary on the tristesse of suburban mundanity and <laughs> what? the inevitable march of death if you really get into it. <laughs> That's what I got okay. out of it. Yeah, Anna. We've been stopping him from doing his own podcast about that show for years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Girl Meets World's a similar pastiche. It's very, it's got a lot of depth to it. Yep. It's mm-hmm. called For Whom the Bell Tolls. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> and it, it goes on to say, of women. And it just kills me how they get away with murder. Okay, but that's like a serious crime. She's going to need a lot more than Xanax and a like quarter machine tchotchke. Yeah, to right. get yeah. <laughs> credit where credit's due. Women do get away with murder a lot more often, but they also murder a lot less than men do. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, sure. Fair. fair. 
wait, oh God, I love this line. They anger you, then bat their eyes, those pretty eyes that watch you sympathize. Woof. Ooh, give me a second for that wordplay. That was a good rhyme. Right? Yep. <laughs> but like, this song is literally the exact opposite of sympathizing, bro. Yeah. 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 I, I wrote in my notes, say what you will about publishing your L's. This is the first guy I've ever met who wrote a song about how hard he doesn't get it. <laughs> right? We will write a shitty song about it for the regional college circuit of Northeast Ohio. I will. In your face. I'm winning. All right. So once again, we get the, and I've contrived some sort of plan to help my fellow man. Let's get emotional girls to all wear mood rings. But you know, I, I think the concept is actually kind of growing on me. So like, if you get cornered by, by that little neurodivergent four-year-old at the party, you could just give him a magic eight ball. Oh, there you go. He won't have to ask you the questions anymore. <laughs> ask, ask this for that thing, buddy. So he wraps it up. So we'll be tipped off to when they're ticked off because we'll know just what they're thinking, just what they're thinking. So he does know about thinking, at least theoretically. <laughs> He's aware that women have minds. Yeah, right. <laughs> Once again, she's so pretty, but she doesn't act that way. Her mood's out swinging on the swing set almost every day. Wee! That's you. That's your you, Your mood sound like that. You're stupid. You're having fun. She said to me that she's so stressed out that it's soothing and all I said was, someone get that girl a mood ring. Okay, somebody get that guy a cock ring. Wow, right? <laughs> that was almost the parody. Or a cage, maybe. <laughs> so, okay. So now we're at the, like, fucking bridge or whatever. He goes, because when it's black means watch your back, because you're probably... And I, I feel like I should interrupt the lyric to explain. He's talking about the mood ring here, not the girl. Oh, it could be both. Yeah. Because you're probably the last person... <laughs> yeah, the Christian band from Ohio, pretty sure. <laughs> In the world now that she wants to see. Oh, yeah. Actually, it means that she's 66 degrees Fahrenheit. So she's probably cold. That's what that means. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what black means on a mood ring. No. See, again, I'm going to side with the mood ring here because if he sees someone wearing a ring of any color, he's probably right that he is the last <laughs> person in the world that she wants to say. Like, it's a broken clock right, right twice a day situation. But he needs to know if she wants to hear the new song he's been working on. Yeah, it's important. So black. <laughs> she doesn't no. ever. Yeah. Wait, he's got more colors here. And when it's blue, it means that you, Rhyme, should call blue. her up immediately. And by the way, he delivers the line with like this amazing two syllable version of immediately in it, quickly would be fine, but immediately. <laughs> yeah. So you should call her up immediately and ask her out because she'll most likely agree immediately. What? And that would actually be 83 to 88 degrees. So short, <laughs> maybe if you have central air, <laughs> should agree. Also, I love that he has a low batting average on asking out the woman he's dating. In this scenario. <laughs> right? No, I get it. I do get it. <laughs> Me too. Wait, more colors. And when it's green, it simply means that she is really stressed. Yeah, no, no, no. That That is 76 to 81. She is having a nice day outside. She is way too busy with her rock climbing and sailing plans. Yeah. Taking a lovely <laughs> walk to her favorite swing set in the park. There you go. Whee! Yeah, she's good. And, and then he runs out of colors. Apparently black, blue, and green are the only ones he knows about. Because the nice line is, <laughs> and when it's clear, it means she's completely emotionless. And that's all right, I must confess. That's actually... A broken mood ring. Yep. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's uh, the the thermochromic <laughs> crystal leaked out. You just have a glass ball there. Buddy. That's, not, that's not anything. 
<laughs> which I should point out now leaves us with the terrifying conclusion that this guy doesn't know what mood rings are and has just been assuming his mom is always whatever emotion gold is. <laughs> disappointed. Gold means disappointed. <laughs> gold means married and taken already. Also, let's not lose track of what a weird desire girlfriend with no emotion is. Right? Like, I'm right. looking for a catatonic girl myself. <laughs> also, what I'm getting from this is I've always wanted a handless girlfriend to match my emotional maturity. I feel like yeah. that's the theme. <laughs> okay. All right. So he goes, we all know the girls that I'm talking about. She liked you Wednesday, but now it's Friday and she has to wash her hair. Anyone who has ever taken a shower knows that's not a fucking excuse. Nope. It means fuck off. Yep. It just means fuck off. It means what the fuck did you do on Thursday, you asshole? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Also, she didn't like you on Wednesday. I reject the premise <laughs> of this entire verse. Get out of here. He goes on, and it just figures that we'll never figure them out. More wordplay. First, she's Jekyll, and then she's Hyde. At least she makes a lovely pair. I feel like he doesn't know that he's implying she murdered a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> and then the song changes entirely. And he goes, mood ring, oh, mood ring. Yeah, mood shift. But yeah, right. It's almost, it felt like the song had credits. We were going into the credits. <laughs> Epilogue. <laughs> Special shout out to mood rings for being in the song. <laughs> the song's playing itself off like it gave too long of a speech at the Oscars. Right, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, he goes, oh, tell me, will you bring the key to unlock this mystery? Again, vastly overestimating what this thing can do. Right. Of girls and their emotions, play it back in slow motion. That's a rhyme. So I may understand the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. I'm like, neither that is understanding. Not a rhyme. No, understanding <laughs> and minds are not in your wheelhouse, bro. Not going to happen. <laughs> Neither is infrastructure. You don't know that. Get out of here. <laughs> right. The omnibus spending bill. For <laughs> fuck you. And the, the and the song's over, and we get the like little trailing thing where he's like, "Ha, huh, that was terrible." I mean, you said it, but right, but it was, it just was though. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's where the song ends, but it's where Anna's work really begins because it turns out that there is no musical monstrosity Christianity can make that Anna can't fix. So, without further ado, Anna, take it away. We all know the men that I am talking about. They are morons, they keep sticking their nose in everybody else's rights. It's like they don't know that it's not about them. Cause they're those men, yeah, you know those men who don't want anyone else to put up a fight. Yeah! Social skills. God. And if I had three 
messing when they start messing with political dealings. It's really unappealing. Cause they're so boring if they still think that we want their takes. Like little grumpy, narrow-minded baby boys, no flakes. It's like they have some sort of biblical devotion to never keeping in a single damn emotion. Cause he gets sad when people add representation to any ad or show or movie around the nation. Point out the church is covering up abuse and tax fraud. He says that we're real Christians and that isn't my God. Cause he's like, I don't get it. Why do people seem to hate me just cause I like engaging in spirit and debate? He doesn't get that there's a mental fucking consequence for devil's advocate with someone's lived experience. The lack of empathy's intense. We all know the guys that I am talking about. The mental gymnastics that they do Just to stay in their little box They don't know that it's their job to go and figure it out They just want someone to hold their hands And tell them they're right And then silently listen to them talk I wish, oh I wish Just listen to this guy, bitch About sex ed curriculums in schools And I have to stay calm Though I want to face palm Cause if I get emotional He'll lose his cool And I don't know, murder someone or some shit Thanks once again, Anna. Our audience is the fucking best, so they deserve you, but pretty much nobody else's audience would. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies debuting at 7 Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show Citation Needed debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I can't out this joint until I thank Heath Enright for taking on the lion's share of my work while I was away. I need to thank Eli Bosnick for a home run of a diatribe last week. Uh, also, other stuff. But, man, that was really fucking good. also want to thank Lucinda Lusions for still being fun as hell to take a road trip with after 25 years of doing it. I need to thank Anna Bosnick once more for helping out so much this week. also want to thank Brad, Bonnie, Nico, Ginger, Alyssa, Autumn, Vinny, Deb, April, and Jason for making my vacation so fucking good. also want to thank Janelle for providing this week's Farnsworth quote slash reminder that MLMs are super fucked. They are. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's and last week's best people. Anaximander, Yonan, Cobalt, Piston, George, Stephen, Andrew, John, ignoring my PhD, Todd, Arnaud, Stanley, Mark, James, Philip, Joshua, Phantom X, Billy, Heather of House, Snark, Melissa, Stephen and Cindy and Gregory. And Aximander, Yonan, Piston, George, Stephen, Andrew, and John, whose ninjutsu makes our entire defense budget a bit redundant. PhD, Todd, Arnold, Stanley, Mark, James, and Philip, who are so hot they set off fire sprinklers. And Joshua, Phantom X, Billy, Heather, Melissa, Stephen, Cindy, and Gregory, whose IQs are even higher than I got in the weed legal states. Together, these 24 people, machine parts, curious life choices, and long-dead philosophers help make next week's show happen this week and last week by giving us money. If you, too, want to help future shows happen, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode. You can also make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you're still saving up for that doggy in the window, you can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review, telling a friend about the show, and following at PIATpod on Twitter. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingadius.com.
Fuck you. Fuck you, right? I hate you. Fuck you. I hate you. I'll murder you. Oh, no, you can't, you can't kill me because I was never alive. <laughs> God damn it. Morgan, this is all going in the ad. <laughs> yeah. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.